Shafi, tell me again, how many backpacks does it make to make a podcast? <laughs> we were bougie in the village at one time, and he it was one you could smoke in there. And uh, he's like, come on, and he just put your arm here. And so we lined up our forearms so they were parallel and touching. Uh, and then he put a lit cigarette between them. And I was like, I'm definitely not playing this game. <laughs> Abating in the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas, and indeed in East Austin, in between the French Legation and the State Cemetery, outside my ivy-covered castle, uh, behind the glowing peacock, where even where the birds are still having their dinner on Bill the Landlord's bird feeder, but they're not happy about it because even though. Even though we had a delightfully low high of only 96 degrees, which after 104 degrees seems downright balmy to me, it's still 96 degrees out there. Like, it's still hot, even at sunset. But how boring is it to just sit around and complain about the weather and the heat? Let's talk about more exciting things. Things like poetry, things like Matthew's minutia, my minutia, I've got some lift riding stories for you today. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll wonder if Matthew's ever wondered things. Have some have some uh, have some avocado discussions. Who knows? Anything could happen here on episode 146 of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. Before we get to all that, let's hear it for the pride of Tarzana, California. The, the one of the very, very best friends of the shoeless Piper, uh, the Martinique Steaker, the Montserrat Magnifiqueur, Matthew, Matthew Rampy, not Roy. <laughs> Shafee, I'm amazed at the way you podcast all the time. Or Shafee, I'm afraid of the way I talk to you. Shafee, I'm amazed at the way you pulled me out of time. Convince me to record these lines. Shafee, I'm amazed at the way I really need the podcast. Did oh, you know I... that Paul McCartney was in a band before Wings? I've said that joke here before. I'm sure I've said that joke here. But that's the first time I've said it on episode 146. Was he in, I am not a Beatles scholar. Was he in a band before the Beatles? That seems possible. No, I don't think so. No. Or, or the, there was some proto Beatles band, the Cavern Crawlers or something. The Skiffles. Or something. Yeah, I don't know. But that was, lasted for a second and it was, it was him and Ringo or something. You know, yeah. Or him and George. Matthew, Listen, before we get going... I feel like, hey, if you're a Beatles scholar, go ahead and get at us. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm Jim. sure somebody's very upset. Tweet right at now. it. Instagram it. Yeah. Do whatever you need to do. Let's get some feedback from you guys for yeah. once. Uh, Matthew, I just wanted to say how excited I am to be here tonight. Like, I was thinking today, you know, this is very important to me, this podcast. Like, for, like Forget about our, you know our Iron Age listeners or whatever age we're in now, all of the, uh, all of the cavemen, uh, our family and our friends who listen, I love them, but I think like, this is really important to my sanity. And like, when I think about, it's become a part of my brain to be like, oh, you know, file away this for the podcast. This is the thing you're hanging your sanity on? And it, gives, <laughs> it gives me a way to like kind of organize thoughts and it gives me something to look forward. Everybody needs something to look forward to in their lives, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was just thinking, you know, because sometimes, no matter how, well, as a parent, you know this. Sometimes, no matter how much you love something, it can be a chore. <laughs> you, mm. uh. If you have to do it all the time, or sometimes you know, yeah. you know, the energy level's not there, and you got to make yourself do it. I always think of Doctors Without Borders, where they're just like, ah, saving another patient. <laughs> <laughs> Time to make the donuts. <laughs> I always think of Doctors Without Borders, too. 
Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I'm glad to hear that. Shavy, let me ask you, did you open the blinds for me? I did, yeah. Thank you. You know I need a little bit of light. Yeah, yeah. Shafio, Shafio's got a castle, maybe a cave, and he keeps dark in here. You you exist in low light. I do usually. I, I got to say, though, I'm definitely noticing my night vision ain't what it used to be. Um, oh, fair enough. Yeah, okay. So, we. Uh, I always keep this light on behind the this uh, stained glass up here. Uh, that's like an LED light, so okay. you know, it doesn't produce any heat or anything. Yeah. I don't think it doesn't really use very much electricity. So it's kind of like a permanent. So that way, like, you know, even if I do space out, leave all the blinds closed and it gets dark in me. I like I'm not like going over over things and yeah. stuff. Well, I appreciate you just just opening the blinds just a little. It's perfectly lit in here right now. It's kind of golden hour. Yeah, yeah. On Shafi's settee, getting ready for this episode. You know, and I don't want I don't want this sort of like uh, aimless vamping to make people think that we don't have anything prepared for the show. But sometimes boop, 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 you get like breaking news, you know, and like information just has to butt in in your life. Oh, wait, let me wait. Let me go back to what you were saying about filing away things to talk about later. The podcast serves that for me as well. And I. After the last episode, after we recorded the last episode, I was like, rubbish, this cast. I was ready to chuck it in. <laughs> not, not really chuck it in, but like the, I felt like the last podcast was not going to be good. And then I listened to it. And it was it turned it was out really very good. <laughs> and I noticed when I'm listening to myself that this exercise has helped me have these long, rambling <laughs> strings of words come out of my mouth and I don't. There's very little, um, uh, and I generally, despite the uh, kind of miasma of my brain, I'm able to put together something that, I don't know, it comes out okay. So I'm pretty stoked about that, but I'm sorry. That has to be a good exercise for us, too, as we advance in years. Like, I'm hoping you know, so. That's got to be a good... Because the advance seems to be coming right on. <laughs> Snipping at our heels. Yeah. Indeed. Um, but uh, breaking news, just before the podcast, it came to light that she, everything is not kosher with Shafi and TBTL. I mentioned our podfathers. Luke and Andrew Luke of and Andrew. one TBTL of American Public Media fame. The podcast that was kind of the template for this podcast, the podcast that you made me listen to on a road trip and you made me love. And I have not been listening very often lately, but that's just because of life circumstances and my job, what it is. But it seems not all is not well. Well, it's not dire. What's going it's on It's kind of funny. You What's know, going on with you? It's like kind of, you know, they recognize that it's kind of a cyclical thing. Some people come in and out of their listenership. And I know it's the same with ours, too. You know, uh, people people get busy or whatever. They just yeah. need a break. Maybe they're, you know, sick of hearing this yammer. That's fine, too. Uh, but what we were talking about specifically before was Andrew kind of, one of the things Andrew does is kind of make a personality out of, not being able to remember any celebrity's name. Oh, wow. Or in fact, not being able to remember anyone's name. And that's like one of those things where like, okay, it's one of those things where if it's someone you like, then it's a charming personality quirk. But if it's somebody you don't like, it just, you're like, that's not really a personality trait. That's just, you know, you being, you're not remembering stuff. It's just like, a Ben Disney. Affect. A <laughs> Ben Affect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's an, it can seem like a little bit of an affectation and, you know, or even, you know, if it's you who's being forgotten about, it could be actually offensive, you know, Yeah. but so, you know, there's obviously all sorts of personality. There are things about Andrew and Luke's personality that, you know, that nobody likes that you don't necessarily like. Yeah. Which yeah. When you get to know somebody really well, like I say, it's, I'm sure it's the same with us. Familiarity there, breeds content. Certain things, you know, like uh, like uh, something that I noticed that Andrew has picked this up um, from Luke, and I really uh, like. I almost thought I should write to Andrew and say, "Hey, you're doing this. Stop doing this." 
Luke has a thing where, like, in the middle of some rant, he'll be like, I don't know, you know, and it's like a verbal thing. He says it, you know, and it's the middle of, like, verbalizing a bunch of stuff. So, like, I don't say an I don't know there doesn't make sense, you know, and he'll do it several times an episode. And I noticed that Andrew's been doing it, too. Like, well, you're, you know, you're talking, you need a little bit to think. You're like, I don't know. Uh, And it's, it's really a funny thing to say when you're vocalizing a lot of things to say you don't know. Uh, and Andrew has picked up that verbal tick from Luke. And uh, so it's funny, like, it's funny that we're talking about me uh, falling out with these guys when I'm, like, getting out this much minutia about them. Anyway, when I was, as you know, I was so excited when I was on the slowdown with Ada Limon. Yes. And one of the big reasons, in addition to, like, her reading what, you know, I already thought it was a really good poem of mine, but her reading made it even better than I realized it could be. And uh, her reflections on it were really neat and really exciting. Uh, in addition to all that, the slowdown is produced by American Public Media, which also produces TVTL. Yeah. And so I was so excited to tell those guys about that. Um, and But it happened to happen during their during their pledge drive, which is a really busy time. Yeah. And so I, I emailed them all about it, you know, and I was like, well, you know, maybe you guys, I understand if you're too busy to mention this on the air, but obviously I would really appreciate it. I'm just so excited. We're, you know, we're imaginary coworkers now, in addition to being imaginary friends, uh, you know, all that stuff. And Luke didn't respond to the email. Andrew, like. I bet they've responded to emails in the past. Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Well, really, they respond on air. Right. You know, that's... Uh, oh, right. Uh-huh. Uh, Andrew responded, like, oh, wow, congrats. Bunch of exclamation points. But then, like, they did not mention it at all on air, you know? <laughs> and, like, I, I know how irrational this is, but I was really disappointed by that. And that, you know, then started... Then, you know, all of a sudden, Luke's, you know, Luke's mindless self-centeredness, you know. Got more annoying. Yeah, and his tendency to, like, call out people for doing things that he, in fact, does. Shafi, I'd like and to make you feel better by showing you irrational, but wait, I'm kidding. Andrew, Andrew, like, he's, he has a thing where he says, every time he mentions the, mentions the Houston Astros, he says, the hateful Houston Astros, which I'm trying to embrace the Astros as the villain of the league, but also like kind of you know, I I also think that you shouldn't you shouldn't hate anybody's team, you know, you should hate individual players and individual owners who are racist or you know like players who have you know committed crimes against women, right. but you shouldn't hate somebody's team just because of where they're from or not not for you know doing so. Like, that's the sort of thing where I just, like, since he said it every time, like, it started to, like, you know, it started to sound to me like he was, you know, hating on me. And it's the sort of thing where if I'm in on good terms with him mentally, I can, uh, that's a charming, quirky thing. And where if it's not, I'm like, eh. So it all kind of snowballed into just kind of me being annoyed with him. And, you know, with so many other podcasts out there. It also coincided with me finding a couple other podcasts that I was. So you're not listening to them at the interesting. moment. Interesting. I've very occasionally, but I really have not listened to them much at all since the. Since this kerfuffle. Since yeah, since the since this misunderstanding, let's call it. Yeah, since the fundraiser week. Um, I want you to know that that is irrational. What you think? <laughs> of course it is. But, I said but, it was irrational. But I'd like to. T- I, I'd like to just. This is like when your friend farts at a party and you knock over the bong. You want to cover up your friend's mistake with a bigger mistake because that's what friends are for. What's happened here, Schaefer, is that we talked about it on air, how we're coming for their jobs. And now you're going to you're going to be marginalized in their listenership. They they featured you until you became a threat. And I think one of those guys, one or the other of them, I'm not naming any names, has listened to 
one magical hour. <laughs> Matthew and Jay for Podcast Spectacular. And I think I think they see now that you're like somebody. And they're, you know, Luke is really like a little person. He admits it. <laughs> and he does a lot of like petty, selfish things through his life. I know he's trying to be a better guy. But... Luke, Andrew, if you're listening, I freely admit that this is a petty, selfish thing on my part. And I still love you guys. Look, and... guys, get your shit together. <laughs> We're not really any threat. Worrying so much about it, guys. We'll see. <laughs> freaking out. You guys are freaking out for nothing. Maybe. Um, but I, this is interesting because you've all you've until the today you've only spoken about these gents in the most glowing of terms. Yeah, and I like. You know, I emailed them a lot and they would often like, you know, pass my stuff around. I felt like I was, I was good at sending them emails that weren't the same as all the other emails that they were getting, weren't just like, you know, blowing sunshine where the sun don't shine. And you were, you were contributing and yeah. they've, they know who you are. Yeah. You know, whether they, whether they recognized your appearance on the slowdown or not, they, those guys know who you are and. Um, so let me but, ask but Shafee, really, it was probably <laughs> just slipped through the cracks of the thong, right? Let me ask you this, Matthew. Do you, like, do you think that there's a way that I could kind of finesse this, like find, like, you know, maybe go back, start listening again and kind of find something, maybe something poetry adjacent that I can mention and like send them an email about this, like. Hey, guys, and like not mention my, you so know, like my coach. Is that what? Yeah. yeah. Like kind of try to like. <laughs> now, and here's, here's why. Because when Luke, particularly Luke, but anytime either of them has a beef like this, like they use that online. They use oh, that yeah, to create yeah. a whole narrative. Oh, I see. I and see. so I'm That's saying funny. maybe I could do the same thing. I, I update you guys. Yeah. I'm going to send an email. Okay. I'm going to find. Yes. I'm gonna find some sort of poetry thing and mention it, mention it to them. And if it's for the podcast, I want you to cut your flesh. <laughs> I will embarrass myself to yeah. the end of the world. Yeah. You know, yeah. cut my flesh metaphorically with silly emails sent to you know my my pseudo mentors. Shifi, <laughs> you want to feel pain good rather than nothing at all. I know you. I know you and your type. <laughs> So that's that's where I'm at right now. I have not withdrawn, uh, you know, my monthly donation to them. I have not. Um, I've not been. I, this is the first. <laughs> oh, that, these sound like veiled threats. <laughs> <laughs> I've not come after them on any sort this of. This is getting exciting. Social networking platform. Tune in, everybody. The <laughs> continuing saga of Shafi versus TBTL. Um. I'd like to get into just a little Matthew's minutia here. Okay. Um, let me pull this up. So, as chronicled in this space, I went to my sister's baby shower a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Remember grandmother's funeral, Holocaust Museum? Yeah. Uh, spent some time with my dad. We went to actually we went to a bowling alley, like a fancy bowling alley, pin stack there in near Los, in just outside of Las Colinas. Interesting. And uh, that that was for the you know I bowl, me and my brother in law and my son bowled a, around, bowled a game and played some video games. I don't know while we were there, my dad started talking about maybe I brought up something about my great grandfather, Estel Rampy. And this, my dad is Mark, and it was Estel Allen Rampy, and then Arthur Allen Rampy, and Mark Allen Rampy, and I'm, I'm Matthew Allen Rampy, not Roy. <laughs> and uh, we gotta get Matthew Roy on the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I just fear that he's going. Estel, to... will you spell that for me? E S T E L. Where, where did I put that document? Hold on. Um, so my dad was talking about him, and he was saying that uh, 
his cousin Barry had asked for him to like write some stuff down about uh, Mark called him Papa. Write some stuff down. We called him Papa Rampy, you know. And uh, so I sat down with my dad this last Sunday, and we we wrote some stuff down. He he had a a whole narr- here. I've, I've written it here. It's just about it's almost three pages. Uh, it's basically like a remembrance by my dad of my great grandfather, who I, I knew him. He he passed away in ninety four. He was born in McCoy, Texas. He lived from 1906 to 1994. Um, My dad says, this memoir is the truth to the best of my knowledge for myself and others that we have accumulated over the years. There may be some exaggeration, but I hope there are no out and out lies. Because Papa used to say, if you tell one lie, you're going to have to tell three more to cover them up. And he goes into how Papa was his hero and they, they lived out in Tatum, New Mexico. The government would give you 360 acres in New Mexico if you would farmstead it or homestead it, right? And he was born out there and he was like a cowboy. He was a cowpoke is what he called it. And in 1924, his dad, his dad was named Arthur Lloyd Rampey, um, and I said, what'd they call him? And my dad said, they called him Mr. Rampy. <laughs> and I said, even his kids? He said, yeah, even his kids. They all <laughs> called him Mr. Rampy. Um, and I don't know. My dad just relayed a bunch of cool stories about my great-grandfather. Like one time he was on a cattle drive. They would take cattle from New Mexico to Missouri. And they'd just about run out of water. And they come upon a house that had a water tank. And they all rushed to this water tank and started drinking from it. And they used the metal cup that was just like hanging there for that. And it turns out all the people in the house had the mumps. Oh, no. And so he got the mumps on a cattle drive, which I'm sure it's a thing where you want to just be in your jammies, you know, and sleep a little extra during the day. You don't want to be on a cattle drive. Anyway, around 1924, they moved to Lubbock. And that was very exciting to get out of Lubbock. Um, some, some high points of this narrative, um, he, they, they, he went, he started working for a roofing company and he noticed that the roofing company had a sheet metal shop. And so he and two of his brothers, his oldest brothers, I think it was, uh, it was Randolph and Woodrow and Estel. They, they made a sheet metal and a roofing company. But then they got cross with each other in business and it didn't work out. And so uh, Estel, Chester had gotten old enough. Estel and Chester went and just made Texas Sheet Metal Works. And then Woodrow and Randolph and Hardy, who was the other brother, they made uh, a roofing company. And um, I saw that Woodrow's son, who was like my granddad's age, he died in Gainesville, Texas in 2016 at the age of like 83. And he had been like a commercial roofer this whole time. So it kind of stuck around. Um, he could he could walk on his hands around the block. Oh. My great-grandfather. There was um, there was this wrestler, Sailor Watkins. And he had been the champion of a U.S. Navy fleet. And he had become a a wrestler and entertainer. And he would travel around to fairs and expositions. And he would challenge locals to a wrestling match. You paid a dollar to wrestle him. And if you won, you got $100. Uh And Estel got up in the ring and beat him. It was either at the South Plains Fair or at the Tri-State Fair in Amarillo. Wow. That is cool. He was too old to enlist in World War II. And my grandfather was too young. He was like 13, 12, 13. He got this government contract to build an airfield near Pampa, Texas. And so during, like for two or three years during the war, they moved up there. And they had German POWs as laborers. Oh, wow. And my grandfather was like the water boy and would take the German POWs watered to the, you know, during the day. 
and the government paid him in thousand dollar bills. <laughs> the contract was worth fifty thousand dollars, and they paid him in five installments of ten thousand dollar bills each. Oh, it's funny, right? <laughs> um, he was a pretty great guy, Estel Rampy. Super and, cool. And he was a he was a big hero to my dad. They lived on Twenty First Street, pretty near Lubbock High, for for their his whole life after they. After they moved back from Pampa after the war, is that what it's called, Pampa, Texas? Or yeah. Is it Pampas? I think it's Pampa uh, without an S. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I was happy to sit down with my my dad. Was saying, uh, you know, I wanted to record this, but I don't know how. And I said, well, I can type as fast as you can talk yeah. these days. So, uh, and we talked about just sitting down. He got hot to trot with it, like. We mentioned it just a few weeks ago, and he had called me one other time. I was like, I'm getting my notes together. And then on Saturday, he called. He wanted to talk to the kids, but then he was like, I've got everything together, and how, how can we do this? Can I just record it into a tape recorder and send you the tape? And I was like, <laughs> how am I going to play the tape? He said, we need to just do it real time so I can ask for clarification. And it, it took a minute to get the rhythm, but it, we got to go into where... He would say this, a sentence and I would type it out. He could hear me typing. And as soon as I was done typing, he would continue. You know, that reminds me of some long recordings that I made of my grandma, grandfather that are on my old Macintosh. I should make sure to get them off there before that thing becomes irreparably inoperable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's my minutia. That was something I did for my family. That is super cool. It, it, I, it, white people are terrible at keeping the family together. Yeah, there's not this there there there's not this emphasis placed on uh, on family like there is in Hispanic culture and whatever almost every other culture basically, and especially cultures that are that are rooted in like a, an ancestor worship. You know, and like there's Estel and his uh, four brothers, and then their two sisters. There was uh, wait, let me just say the names here just for posterity. There was Christine, no, there was Ruth, who they called Sis, and there was Christine, who they called Dink. <laughs> Why do they call her Dink? Because he was like some like Dinky dog or something. He didn't know. <laughs> um. But like the brothers got cross in their business, and then we weren't close to those other Rampy families in town. Huh. Like we knew some of Chester's family because he came with the sheet, Texas Sheet Metalworks, but I didn't know Randolph and Woodrow. And wow, and they were living there in town, huh? Yeah, everybody was in Lubbock. I'm pretty sure. Wow. And then my then Estel's kids, Arthur and Dwayne and Paul, they. I mean, we kind of kept it together. Like we would have, we would always have Christmas Eve at Estel and Mama Leota's house. Mm-hmm. And, but that was the only time I saw most of those people during the year, really. And then as we, as I got a little older, like Paul's sons, Barry and Brian and Brent, like I, Brian was just a little older than us at Coronado. And I would see him at like church camp and stuff. And, but we weren't a close family by any means and, and really a lot of division. And even, and my dad, like my dad, even more like just, I don't know, white people just like raise their kids and then everybody goes their own ways. And there's a real problem with like cohesion, family cohesion. So it, it was good for me to sit down and remember who I'm from and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like some of those stories are so much fun. Like even if you weren't related to them, you would really enjoy hearing, you know, those stories are interesting. Sailor Watkins, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, that's Matthew's minutia. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. That's the end of the podcast. Just kidding. We're going. We're going into an Ada. We're we're doing double Ada poems. Yeah, let's do. We decided that. Uh, yeah, I uh, I got Ada's Ada's books. Ada's five collections of poems. You mean poet laureate Ada Lamont? U.S. poet laureate Ada Lamont. Yeah, I got. Her five main collections of poems on my Kindle. Okay. Uh, just so I could explore them more easily. 
and I thought I would share them with you more easily. So maybe we'll do this month. We'll do a couple of poems per episode. And, and Let's do that so now to just cleanse our palate. It is work from the rambling start of the podcast. The start of the podcast. We're this like is from Ada's most recent book, "The Hurting Kind," just released. The poem is called. It begins with the trees. Two full cypress trees in the clearing intertwine in a way that almost makes them seem like one. Until at a certain angle from the blue blow-up pool I bought this summer to save my life, I see it is not one tree, but two, and they are kissing. They are kissing so tenderly it feels rude to watch. One hand on the other's shoulder, another in the other's branches like hair. When did kissing become so dangerous, or was it always so? That illicit kiss in the bathroom of the four-faced liar, a bar name for a clock. What was her name? Or the first one with you on the corner of Metropolitan Avenue before you came home with me forever. I watched those green trees now and it feels the bideness. I want them to go on kissing without fear. I want to watch them and not feel so abandoned by hands. Come home. Everything is begging you. Well, I see why they made her poet laureate. No doubt. I, uh, and uh, that person kissing Ada on, on Metropolitan Avenue was... Lucas Marquardt, who's been on the show. And then, of course, there's a reference to the Four-Faced Liar, the, the bar on West Horse Street in there. Yeah. Pretty fun. That's awesome. <laughs> and and just a great poem all by itself, even without fun re references to our lives. We're, yeah. we're doing a new thing, which is reading a poem in the middle of the podcast. And I don't know if the podcast can recover from that. <laughs> everything's, I, everything's downhill from now, folks. There's two trees in Manisha's backyard where when the in the winter when the leaves are off of them you know they'll ref, they'll kind of gloom and the, they'll be silhouetted in the gloaming and they look like to me like they're embracing like two people dancing almost yeah. I've always enjoyed looking at them you mean uh, up on the hill? yeah okay. I'll have to look up there sometimes so. I definitely like yeah I thought of that very got a very clear vision of that when Ada was talking about those two cypress trees. Pretty fantastic, Ada. Um, so uh, let's talk about the passing of John Ailey. John Ailey, <laughs> really uh, uh, sad to hear. Uh, he was. This has become a sad news podcast. He was uh, definitely getting up there in years, so uh, you know I definitely would say he had a good life. We're just. We're huge fans of his. Yeah, the guy's an Austin treasure. I uh, I enjoyed him so much. He, for, for those of you who don't know, KUTX is kind of the Austin radio station here. That they play a lot of Austin music, but they also kind of do a free form thing with rock and roll and country and folk and rap and all sorts of great stuff. The sister station, the NPR news station, KUT. Yeah, and uh, for years. John Ailey was their morning DJ, and he was known for his uh, really funny diversions. He was known to just kind of ramble as he was talking in between songs, you know. And there might be there might be a good you know forty five seconds to a minute of chatting, uh, and he had a very distinctive voice. He was a very funny guy, very very eccentric, and uh, you know, uh, I'm not trying to be funny. <clears throat> Uh, you know, was he or not? It was definitely sometimes, sometimes hard to tell. You know, I see. Yeah. He was uh, yeah. the show. I think, was, the show was called Eclecticos. I think he knew how amusing that uh, he? he knew how amusing he was. Yeah, uh, okay. Because uh, I thought it was a little bit like everybody was in on the joke. Like my John. No, <laughs> he, knew, he knew. Okay. Uh, my brother's house is very much a KUTX house, and my niece and nephew at a very young age. They could readily identify John Ailey and and uh, Jody Denberg. Wow, it's like kind of the two elder statesmen of the of KTX, and with you know very distinctive 
voices. Raising very, them right. Very good taste in music. So uh, definitely raise a glass to him. But also, I wanted to play a brief. Right when the front page opened its doors, I was driving to the front page one morning, and I heard John Ailey talking about how he had been up in Calgary, Canada, and he had gone to an Irish pub there. And he said he had had very good Guinness, poured correctly, and he said he really didn't know where to go in Austin to get a proper Guinness anymore. And, you know, we, we do serve that there, and uh, Porter and I have Irish bar experience, so we take it pretty seriously, and, you know, we understand. So we try to do that right. So I emailed him, and I said, you know, it just so happens that we have this, and we do that there. And, yeah. and you know, you, you said you were wondering where to do that, and this would be a place. And he, the next morning, the very next morning after I sent the email, he, in between songs, did this, and I'll play it for you now. Sorry, that was <laughs> that was the wrong one. The wrong that I drank in Calgary at a pub. It was a an Irish pub called the James Joyce Pub, and they served Guinness on tap. It was just delicious. I just loved it. And I was mentioning that I didn't know if you could get it here in Austin, but guess what? Somebody was listening, somebody named Schaefer Hall, and he wrote in, <laughs> Howdy, I'm a big fan of John Ely, and today on his show, he was wondering if there's a place to get a properly poured imperial pint of Guinness. I would like to recommend the new East Side Pub, The Front Page. My business partner and I are Austin natives, but we spent our 20s and 30s working at an Irish pub bar in New York City, so we take our Guinness very seriously, and we're friends of the Fourth Estate. And so we're just going to have to make a visit over there to the front page. That's the name of the pub. It's on the east side, the front page. If you want some Guinness, go there. It's a strange brew. <laughs> That's just fantastic. Couldn't ask for a better uh for a better little promo spot. Uh and you know, just so distinctive in his way. Yeah. Uh, so much fun. So thanks KUTX for being an awesome radio station and thanks John Ailey for all of the all of the fun mornings over the years. Yeah. Rest in peace, John. Well, where do we take it from here? Did you claim to be an Austin native in that email? <laughs> I was born here. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Thought I knew everything about you. Mom and dad were undergrads at UT when I was oh. born. I lived in, I lived in student housing on the UT campus. Okay. I'm glad we clarified that. I'm a native Longhorn. Okay. Great. Uh, I was about three years old when we moved to San Antonio, I think. So not a lot of concrete memories of Austin? No, but some very distant ones. Yeah, I got some really, some some weird flashes. Yeah, that's interesting. I think of, I spent a lot of time at the Betty pool, apparently. Okay. I think that I've got some memories from there. Yeah. I've got some vague flashes of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got a few more things on. We got a few more tidbits on this show sheet. You know what I've got on here? I think we should do like a lightning round. I'm not sure that we have time to do it tonight. What we have on there, pre-promote it. I found a quiz about <laughs> disc golf. Hello. <laughs> Is very oh hello. It's it's this awesome. My brother and I participate in this email quiz league. Okay, that is very competitive. They they, they give you pretty tough questions. Okay, like uh, they give you six questions, I think, or five questions, and really like getting about fifty percent is a successful day for anyone. You know, on a, that's my credo. It's I have a T-shirt that says that. 
No, it is six questions. And apparently, I have never gotten all six. Dick has done it once or twice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, to get five out of six is a huge success. Uh, but, and so they do seasons. And in the off season, they have these middle, little one off quizzes that, that, uh, that the participants make. And one of them is a disc golf. And it looked to me very difficult. And I'm very excited to administer it to you. Sure, man. I <clears throat> and I know that uh, I hope I do well. I know Alex would. Uh, Alex will be looking forward to that. That episode. I know the answer to one of the questions right now without hearing the quiz. It's, it's Heiser. Heiser. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it could be. It could be Anheuser, but one of us. Heiser or Anheuser. Uh -huh. All right, we'll see. Do you know the context? No. Read the quiz to me. It seems very reasonable that that's true, though. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just want to thank you again for having the podcast here in your living room. And we're doing Ada Limon month, but one of these days we're going to get back to the random pull. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's funny that I never, I realized I'd never shown, pointed you towards the. One. So you've got all these books behind the settee here, yeah, a whole wall of books, and we've pulled from the right-hand side, but as it turns out, on the left-hand side of the, of the bookcase, there's, yeah. Okay. there's a, yeah, one shelf entire. I feel like we've done an inordinate, inordinate amount of describing our surroundings in this podcast. Episode. You know, so it's important, you know, they can't see it, so. Uh, it is imaginary radio. Our listeners. got to use uh, your imagination. I'm sure we'd like to have a little bit of context. You've got to get imaginary uh, affronted by the your podcast host. <laughs> I've been, you have to have an imaginary battle. I've been doing quite a bit of lift driving lately. Okay. So yes, this uh, is one of the this is one of the lightning rounds. Although it's been interesting because I had I I went on a spell there where I really did not have any rides even really worth relating you know they were nice enough people i drove I them can, from one place to another i can imagine that that's and that was it 97 percent. no you'd think so but there's times when i go on streaks and i'll have you know a bunch of crazy stuff happening. just one entire day will be uh yeah. and you know maybe it depends on when i drive but it was weird to go just a whole you know couple of weeks without having anything really even worth writing down or making a note of. But I was driving the other night. I went out and I turned it on about 10 o'clock at night on a, say a Wednesday or a Tuesday. And I was immediately pinged over to the white horse tavern where I picked up two gentlemen who were, you know, seemed to be having a good time. Uh, and I drove them out down South to a hotel down there. And they were from California. And the one guy who I did most of the talking to, very smart, very uh, very good sense of humor, he both programmed and engineered robots to build 3D printed houses. Oh. Which, how cool is that? It's one of the most honorable professions that a robot could take. No doubt. Giving, yeah, giving people homes. Yeah. Super exciting. So they can, and you know, they're starting to do like hard valves and stuff on the 3D printers. Oh. They're doing homes. And I was talking with another lady who was, she was actually in sales, but she did three, worked for a 3D printing company. And she said they're actually starting to be able to 3D print something like food. Okay. Which is totally mind blowing. Wow. Like, Does so. Tastes like plastic? We're getting, I don't, you know, I think it, it probably tastes like, you know, whatever. Aren't chicken McNuggets 3D printed? It seems like <laughs> they were, they're, yeah, they're probably. That's pretty close. There's a slurry. Yeah. And you, uh, you've seen the pink slime that they make chicken nuggets from. Yeah. Just uh, kind of yeah. extrude the slime. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't want to think you about it You try not much. to. <laughs> you keep a real soft focus on that. You know. Yeah. I, I do love the 
the three different shapes that they come in uh, that yeah. are supposed to be. It's fascinating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, we're very close to, you know, having the replicator, you know, from Star Trek where you have, like, computer, Earl Grey, hot, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's really exciting. Yeah. And that'll be huge. That'll... If we can get there, you realize that'll... As if our needs needed to be satiated in a more convenient way. Well, it'll disrupt... It'll disrupt uh, class hierarchies. Well, I'm all for that. And, you know, it'll, it'll bring about, you know, a time when people can focus on their interests and their jobs without concern for what those jobs pay. Yes. You know, tell me more. And then that you know, and then that you know gives you time to. That'll give you the opportunity to staff a giant spaceship, you know, with thousands of people on it. You know, you don't have to worry about paying them all. So then you can go do some serious space exploration. Right. How exciting is that? Which we're gonna need after we destroy this rock. Yeah, or you know, after we uh, make it inhabitable. We'll for make it us. Make it not destroy. Make it uncomfortable for us to live on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There will be other there will be other things here that are loving it. Yeah. yeah. After we uh, yeah. after we are like, oh, I got to go next door. You're welcome, octopi. <laughs> Insect octopus overlords. Yeah. Um, I just want to tell you that maybe this is another little slice of Matthew's minutia, but it's good, good band name, Insect octopus overlords. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we start that right yeah. now? Children's, episode, children's episode, folk rock band. Episode 146, the beginning of Insect Octopi Overlords. Play a tune and I'll do a blues song <laughs> to that theme. It's tough living in the sea in such successful colonies. We'll eat up all your crops and we'll survive off of rocks. We're insect and octopi. We were smarter from you from the beginning. You're just noticing now. You're headed off in your ships. I hope you find a better place somehow. Uh-huh. <laughs> All your kingdom are mine. Um, Inter Tarzana Topanga Children's Folk Festival. We're coming to you. Here we come again <laughs> for the third Back. for the third time, allegedly. Gonna retake our crown. This is a true story from my life. I was at the gym. So far, not too hard to believe. This is an amazing tale. This is not Steven Spielberg's amazing tales, but it's still a pretty amazing tale. You ready for this? I was at the gym. Not the way a lot of amazing tales start, but trust me, wait for it. And I saw a front desk person who this gentleman must have been in his. 20s mid to early 20s mm -hmm. and he was wait for it reading wait for it printed a printed book oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't even do that anymore it was crazy man i walked out and i said goodbye with a knowing smile he was still reading the book i was trying to i should have just stopped. i thought about it later i said i should have just stopped and said sir it's so, it's so, here's what I was going to say if I had stopped. Sir, thank you for renewing my faith in humanity <laughs> by being a young person reading the printed word. That really happened this last week. I couldn't cool. believe it. You didn't happen to know what he was reading, did you? I was, I was looking and I should have stopped and just asked Very if curious. I'm going to go back at that same time and see this kid again. If it, if it was Harry Potter, I guess that's okay. It we'll wasn't, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, it looked... <laughs> It didn't look like scholarly, but it didn't look, it wasn't, it didn't look like complete junk. <laughs> I, I love Harry Potter as much as the next guy. I see what you're saying. But even at that, it was still be good. So, yeah. So last thing, you're doing a Bob Dylan thing at the front page. Yeah. Sweet, pretty things. That's what I decided to call us. It's just. Uh, That's the informal group. Sweet, yeah. pretty things. Okay. So no bartender Jeff and I have been working on playing songs together uh, for a while now. Uh, Colin Svitek is going to participate. Uh, 
his friend Mike Nikolai and my friend too, uh, Chris Ordonez and his wife, uh, Juliet, uh, Adam, who Adam's been dating. Yeah. She's going to play uh, It Takes a Lot to Laugh, It Takes a Train to Cry. What's her band? Uh, I can't remember. Don't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah, I can't remember. We'll find out. Adam, get at us. Uh, Ike, Alex, you know, from the, you know, they're all band was early stages. Uh, They're going to be doing Highway 61 Revisited. And who am I forgetting? Anyway. Sounds fantastic. Super excited. Yeah, we're going to... So wait, so, this is, a, this is a, a Bob Dylan album? It's the 52nd anniversary of the release of Highway 61 Revisited. Did you open the front page on the 50th anniversary <laughs> on purpose? Okay. I got it. We, uh, three years. Oh, sorry. We, uh, so yeah, uh, that that is actually August 30th. We're going to be doing it August 28th on Sunday, but that's kind of... That was the impetus. So, okay. Excited. So, uh, hopefully, in the future, August twenty eighth, Sunday, August twenty eighth. Other front page. Yeah. If you're a Dylan fan, and that uh, that's you know that's one of his I'm best albums. That one anyway. Starts with. I've heard of Bob Dylan. Starts with, like a Rolling Stone. I've heard that song. Uh, second track is Tombstone Blues. No. Nope. Last track is Desolation Row. Okay. You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't Highway 61. Okay. From a Buick Aid. Can you hear that on Spotify? Queen Jane, approximately. You can definitely hear it on Spotify, yes. Okay. okay. I'm going to listen to some Bob Dylan in preparation for that. Well, I think what we should do right here is, again, pay homage to our friend, Ada. So, August is Ada Limon month. And I hope everybody, speaking of Ada in, uh, in Lexington, Kentucky, I hope everybody's hanging in there with the floods. Oh, gosh. That yeah, there's terrible, seems terrible amazing flooding that anywhere's flooding right now, doesn't it? We have so, to figure out how to move water from the eastern part of this country to the western part of this country. No kidding. We, we build pipes for this oil resource. Yeah. Why can't we build pipes for water and just ship it here and there? My dad's tanks are all dry out in San Saba. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's just... Yeah. I saw this article today about the shape of cities and how they can repel or attract rain. It's an interesting new science. Interesting. I believe Apparently it. rectangular cities repel rain. Circular cities attract rain. You know, Houston's a circular city. It definitely attracts the rain. That's so true. Wow. No, like Houston also has a kind of a rain shadow because of the heat, you know, there's so, cause it's all concrete. Well, it's, it heats up. And then when the moist air moves across it, yeah. it's pushed upwards by the heat and then it condenses and falls down as rain. I see. It's also a coastal city. Though. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a swamp. It's a, it's a place where there's a lot of rain anyway, I think. Yeah. But the town actually seems to encourage it. There's drought and there's flood. It'll be fine. Or there may be desertification, but who knows? We would regularly have months in Houston where there would be some sort of precipitation every day. Every you know? day. Yeah. That afternoon. It's not like it was pouring yeah. all the time, but yeah. Right. It would be. yeah. Okay. And I loved it. I loved the rain, cool things off a little bit. Right from the Are you gonna read another data sun? Yeah. I have it here. Uh, this is from the same section of the same book, Hurting Kind by Ada Lamon. This poem is called Where the Circles Overlap. We burrow, we hunch, we beg and beg. The thesis is still a river. At the top of the mountain is a murderous light, so strong. It's like staring into an original joy, foundational, that brief kinship of hold and hand, the space between teeth right before they break into an expansion, a heat. We hurry, we hanker, we beg and beg. 
When should we mourn? We think time is always time and place is always place. Bottle brush trees attract the nectar lovers and we capture, capture, capture. The thesis is still the wind. The thesis has never been exile. We have never been exiled. We have been in the sun, strong and between sleep. No hot gates, no house decayed. Just the bottle brush alive on all sides with want. A lot of nature in Nada's poem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Particularly, Fantastic. I think this new work, I remember talking with her about it and uh, a lot of a lot of uh, trees and plants and specific specifically named, so it's really nice. Well, off to the folk to children's folk circuit. We gotta uh, get back on the uh, it's been good taking a break doing this podcast. Fire up the Matthew and Schaefer Children's Folk Rock going Machine. back to delight the children of America and next the world. <clears throat> all right. Well, we love you all. Please keep listening. Please don't not not listen. Please don't feud beef with us like Schaefer and <laughs> Andrew. And... I wonder who's out there <laughs> imaginary beefing with us. It's probably Andy Bangs. Um, <laughs> all right. We love you guys. We love you particularly, Andy. For the choices. Sweet of the wine.